Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney couple Jessica and Ben Paul about their wishes wedding at Seabreeze Point with a reception at the late lamented prop shop. So I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how everything turned out, especially that wonderful venue, the prop shop, which of course is no longer available, but was a wonderful backdrop for Jessica and Ben's wedding, and also to hear what it was like for them to plan from Australia. I've had a few couples from Australia on the show before, but often they will do a small package wedding like the Escape or Memories collections. So I thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear if it was any more difficult to do a bigger wish wedding when planning from so far away. Welcome, Jessica and Ben. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to know, just to start off, how you guys decided that you wanted to get married half a world away at Walt Disney World. Well, we got engaged there back in 2012, and um, I think Jess came up with the idea, really, and it, it was just so hard to find something at home to say, well, instead of Disney, we'll do this, because we, yeah, there's just nothing else in the world like it. And ever since I was a little girl, I always dreamed that I would get married at Disney. Like, I don't think I ever thought it wouldn't be an option. So, yeah, it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean then that at least Jessica's family was prepared for this, or were people totally shocked? I think my family was prepared. I, I dad was the one who um, encouraged us. He just said, don't worry about here. Just if that's what you want to do, do it. So, yeah, he was very supportive. Yeah, my family were, they were really excited for us and very supportive. And they were like, they understood that that was definitely something that suited us. But yeah, it probably caught them a little bit out of the blue. They probably didn't have that in mind because my family always has the big at-home weddings with like a hundred guests and all that sort of thing and it was probably just always on the cards that it'd be my turn one day and yeah so it probably caught them by surprise but they were all just really happy for us. That's great to hear. How many guests did you invite and how many ended up making the trip? As far as inviting people we pretty much said to everyone we know like if you want to make the effort and come all that way we'd love to have you there. So in the end, we ended up with about 18 guests, so 20 including ourselves. So we just made it in for the uh, the wishes minimum. But yeah, we anyone who wanted to come all that way and make all that effort, we, yeah, we were just so happy to have them there. That's great. Now, how did you guys decide on your ceremony and your reception venues? Did you get to do a planning visit or did you just have some ideas in mind from previous visits? We did get to do a planning visit. After that trip in 2012 where we got engaged, we were on the plane still and we were thinking about when we were coming back and we made a, yeah, we, we pretty much planned that all out on our way back. So we came back about six months later. We got to meet with our um, sales consultant and she took us to a couple of places. We did have a look at the wedding pavilion. We just thought maybe it was going to be 
because we knew we wouldn't have a lot of people that we thought maybe it would seem a little empty in there. Um, so we, yeah, we went and had a look at Seabreeze Point and I think we'd seen pictures of it set up in theatre style with all your guests all around you and we just really liked that idea and that boardwalk area is just something you cannot find in Australia. So we really wanted to make sure we came all that way and had something different. And then, of course, the, the prop shop, I think Jess had seen that on a Google image search. Yeah, I I don't know, I was Googling something and probably Disney weddings to find this, but I saw the prop shop and the red carpet and someone had it set up with black tablecloths and I thought, oh, with all the props, it was so uniquely us, it just looked like almost like our bedroom. It was a bit crazy, but I'd said to Michelle, our sales consultant, about the ceremony, I don't want water, I don't want a gazebo, and I don't want gardens. So she took us to see Breeze Point, all three, and I loved it. So I was, I thought that was really funny that it was everything I didn't want. But if the comparison between Australian things like that and the Disney version is, there's just none. Like it's, it's so much better at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting point. Tell me a little bit about how you did the theater style setup because often you see it with an aisle down the middle and then the bride and groom come up from a side aisle. How did it work for your processional? I was facing the other way when Jess arrived because she came in the nice Model A car, so I didn't get to see any of that. But she came um, came right up that, um, just those steps right in the middle, and everyone was sort of seated all the way around us, except for it still left a little bit of an aisle for Jess to walk down because, yeah, with the, um, with the 18 guests, we just sort of had, like, I don't know, four sets of seats just all around us. And I think the... Flower Girl and the Bridesmaids, I'm pretty sure they went up the side aisle of Seabreeze. Mm. But again, I was I was having a mild panic attack at that point, so I'm not really sure what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's a video you can watch. <laughs> yeah, actually, now that I think of it, I, uh, yeah, seeing the pictures, I can see they came up that side aisle and then just came right up the middle when the, uh, the car drove right up. And then um, our officiant sort of tapped me on the shoulder to turn around for that moment. But yeah, we had people on all sides of us and... It was just nice to have everyone all nice and close and you know, we didn't need to use a microphone or anything like that because everyone was right there with us and it was great sort of every one of our guests was pretty much in the front row. That's great. Did you guys have a theme or colors or anything like that that you incorporated into your day? Mickey Mouse's birthday. <laughs> it, was, it was his birthday on November 18th for the wedding. So basically our favorite colors, Ben's is like a, bright light green and mine's purple so we didn't want to lose those in the day so at the ceremony we just pot had green and purple balloons randomly and our sand was green and purple but other than that everything was the red yellow and black so everything was mickey mouse right down to like our converse shoes and all our flowers and the girls had red red dresses with white polka dots and it was on the uh, tables at the reception, we had presents as our centerpieces, and it was very um, whimsical, almost like a children's birthday party, but not not overly juvenile. But yeah, I, oh, sorry, I, I love it. It's so exciting. <laughs> and when they, because uh, we had Mickey and Minnie um, come to help us cut the cake, after we cut the cake, everyone sang happy birthday to them as well, and they they were really happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Can you tell me a bit about the planning process from so far away? It's great that you got to do a site visit. Did you come back for a planning session or was it mostly done online? 
It was, yeah, mostly done online. We had a few few late-night phone calls, and otherwise it was all email. We, um, yeah, we sent a lot of emails back and forth with everyone, um, including our vendors as well, just um, just keeping everyone informed as much as we possibly could so um, everyone knew yeah, as much as we could tell them. And it was, yeah, it was actually, like, it was reasonably easy really like there was a lot to go through and everything like that it was all very stressful but the actual like getting it all worked out um yeah putting it all into emails and like by the end we sort of devised a system where like they would copy our email our wedding coordinator and um send it back in like in parts with all our answers in there and it was yeah it really became quite efficient towards the end oh that's great what did you do for the marriage license? Did you just go to one of the local courthouses once you got to the United States, or did you do a mail-away license? Yeah, we went to one of the courthouses. I, I'd been listening to your show, and I, I'd listened to that show as well. And, it, yeah, we, we went into the courthouse. It was a really simple process. We just went up and signed it all in there, as yeah, as any out-of-state um, visitor would do. And then they've, um, they've since mailed us our license pretty quickly after we got back, really, and now we got the, uh, the souvenir one as well. Um, so, yeah, all that process was really easy for us. We did that about a week before the wedding, I think, because um, out-of-state people can do that. And, yeah, it was really simple. That's cool. And I've heard that UK couples sometimes have to register their wedding once they get back. Is there any rule like that in Australia? No, there's, there's a lot of um, misinformation, I would say, um, that we try and help to point people out. Um, with Australians and marrying overseas because there's different rules for different countries. But in the States, no, it's literally as easy as getting married. And then once you've got your certificate, you just have to come back here and change your name. Uh, it depends what state you were born in here as to how much drama that's going to be. It's taken me about two years to be bothered to do it just because of the amount of drama I get for being born in New South Wales, but they've since streamlined their process and that's become a lot easier too. So that, that's pretty much it, just changing your name. Was there anything else you ran into, like you wanted to bring your flowers back and customs wouldn't let you bring them or anything that you might think of that would help another Australian couple? We had artificial florals, so we were um, we included the note in there just in case the TSA was looking at it saying, these are artificial, please check, please don't just throw them out. The only um, trouble we really had is we went on a cruise after um, we went on the Disney cruise after the wedding and we had our cake serving set with us and that had to sit off the boat because we couldn't take the knife with us. But then we just picked that back up from customs again. But yeah, there was no issues really with that sort of stuff. There was one issue I remember our sand, our wedding sand was it was all nice and pretty and separated. It's no longer like that thanks to uh, the TSA. Um, it's a big just mess of whatever color green and purple make together which is fine like we weren't too worried but they they went through it and they must have tested to see what it was so it was a bit strange but um it's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah just be aware that if you have a sand ceremony they're it's gonna not gonna look sand. like that when it gets home they're probably gonna have a good shake of it and make sure it's yeah it's nothing it shouldn't be so yeah nothing happened to it but it just doesn't quite look like it did on the wedding day anymore okay that's a really good tip so can you give me a timeline of how your wedding day ran yeah sure when you got ready, I was just at the um, All-Star Movies, just where we love to stay. That's where we stayed on our first trip. And so I just stayed there and um, got ready, really, with my groomsmen. We drove ourselves over to the boardwalk where Jess was staying. 
So she'd been there um, getting ready in a room just next door to where uh, where we went into. Um, we had Patricia Lejeune doing hair and makeup, so that was all really good. Um, and then 2.30 was our ceremony, so the boys and I just walked down there. Jess got a Model A car from the, the Boardwalk Hotel along the Boardwalk to the ceremony. And then from there we had a lot of photos after the ceremony with our guests because we really wanted to include them and get photos for each of them for coming all that way. Then they got on the bus, went over to the prop shop. We went around the boardwalk for an hour or so with Nate and Gen Z Root, our photographers, did all our um, photos there. Then we joined them um, uh, sort of, we came in during the cocktail hour because we had the Dapper Dance performing at the, um, we had them at the ceremony and at the reception and they were performing and we really wanted to watch that. So we snuck into the back of the room and watched those guys for a little while. And then we snuck back out and made our big entrance at, uh, about five o'clock. We had all our usual, so we went straight into our first dance then and, um, we choreographed a little dance with our um, bridal party as well to everybody by Backstreet Boys. So, yeah, just for something fun to enjoy with that part. And then, yeah, we did all the usual dinner and stuff like that. Mickey and Minnie came, helped us cut the cake. And then uh, when they were finishing up, we had them overlap with Donald and Goofy because overlapping saves you money on the characters. And then we went at the end of the day in the theme park. We took the um, we took the bus over to the Tower of Terror and did a mix in. And then we came back for another hour of dancing and all that sort of just enjoying ourselves. And then it was all done. Everyone hopped on the bus and went back to their hotels. And yeah, I don't know. It sounded like a lot of fun on the bus. We didn't want to get off because we jumped on the same bus as everyone else. They dropped us off the boardwalk and everyone went back to all star movies. That's cool. And so usually they encourage you, they say, you know, you can only do a mix in toward the end of the operating day. And they, they try to have you do it like at the end of your event or the beginning of your event. How did it flow? Was it hard to round everybody up in the middle of the reception and say, hey, we're going to go do something fun? Was it a surprise? Or how did you do that? I think we had mentioned it to them because we'd taken all our guests because we'd, they'd started arriving about a week before the wedding and we'd been to Hollywood Studios and we'd taken everyone on Tower of Terror and there were some people who were feeling a little bit queasy after it and we said, oh, well, you're going to have to hop on it again at the wedding. So they, they kind of knew it was coming. They prepared themselves. And it was, it was kind of um, like after we'd cut the cake and we'd had a bit of a dance with Donald and Goofy and then by the time they were finishing up, they were sort of getting us... Um, yeah, just rounding us up and putting us on the bus. So it, it was at a good interval, like we were saying goodbye to them and then we went as well. So it, it all worked really well and it was the end of the day. Um, we jumped on like last in line. They kept it open for us and they were nice enough. The media guide let us have a few minutes as well with Nate and Jimsy there to um, just take some photos around the, the hotel. So, yeah, that was really fun. That was something we were really hoping we'd get to do, but obviously there's never any guarantees of that can happen you just you may get lucky if it's a possibility and it was for us um jess was a bit worried also about riding the ride with her dress on yeah i I bought a second dress just a cheap sort of one just in case but i'd sort of suffered through being unable to eat a lot of my food because the dress was so tight just to see if i could wear it on the terra terra and they were they let me put it on, so I was very well, wear it on. I was very excited that I got to wear my wedding dress on that, and the seatbelt was quite loose, which made it more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> A pro tip for writing Terror of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and for my listeners who are unfamiliar, you can arrange to have what's called a ride mix-in if your event is in the same park as the ride that you want to go on. And for $15 per person, you are escorted, all of you are escorted to the front of the line to ride the ride together. And you don't have to actually buy out the ride and pay thousands of dollars to have it running for however many hours. And one of the tricks, though, is that if your wedding gown is deemed too large or too long or trailing or dangerous, they sometimes won't let the bride ride in her gown. So Jess had a great idea to bring an alternative gown, but it sounds great that they actually let her ride in her actual gown. So Yeah, we could never get any guarantees. They would never be able to say up front. But yeah, on the night, yeah, we got we got lucky with that one. And also, all of our guests had uh, park admission so we did not even have to pay the charge. We'd gone over that with them previously, and we knew we'd have enough days on everyone's tickets. So, yeah, we got lucky we missed the $15 per head as well. That's fantastic. And when you consider how cheap it is to add extra days to a multi-day ticket, it can often be way more cost-effective, even if you're treating your guests to, say, I'll give you the extra 6 bucks or whatever to add an extra day instead of having to pay for the $15 mix-in fee. So that's great. Yeah, that's exactly what we were thinking, yeah. Another question I had, you often see the Dapper Dans at receptions, but you don't often see them at ceremonies. So how were they integrated into your ceremony? They actually, um, they sang at all the periods where we would normally have music. We had picked music for all the, obviously, processional, recessional, the um, the sand ceremony. But in this case, um, they actually, yeah, they sang during those parts. So the trade-off there was we didn't get the songs that we had initially set aside. But then the, we had the major bonus of having the Dapper Dans. And I think from memory, like we were looking at it uh, as being cost effective too, as opposed to setting up like an iPod hookup at Seabreeze Point, which can be more expensive just because of having to um, wire everything and set that up. The Dapper Dans came, they obviously, they don't really require any audio of their own. So that really, that all probably almost saved us money because we had those guys singing instead of having to play music somehow and so they sang just down the aisle and that was all that was really special that's fantastic and then you even got them at your reception too so that's a really great value yeah they stayed on as part of that hire and um they did the the cocktail hour and kept everyone really entertained because i don't think any of our guests had seen them before um i think one of them when they when they came walking up the um, the boardwalk to our ceremony, I heard one of the guests say, "Is that like these um, the American Wiggles?" Like, <laughs> they didn't know yet what these guys were, and then they started singing, and I think uh, everyone just loved them so much. That's awesome. Now I'm going to call them the American Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys add a dessert party or any other kind of events to your wedding week? We had sort of a welcome dinner at the um, at Planet Hollywood because that's that's just a place we always go to. So we wanted to make sure all of our guests went there, and we had a um, a um, sort of a lunch at the uh, Crystal Palace the day after because again that's another place that we love and we really wanted to make sure all of our guests went there. And that was sort of going to be the last time we were all together because we all stayed the week leading up to the wedding and then everyone sort of um, went their separate ways afterwards. So, yeah, we had those two events. Um, and then the wedding itself, uh, no dessert party, but we, we had the buffet. We had a lot of desserts, so everyone was having sort of their own little dessert party there. <laughs> desserts were not missed. No, not at all. We, we accounted for desserts quite well. 
<laughs> Mickey shaped desserts, many, many Mickey shaped desserts and things based off like we had a Harvest Grill inspired skillet cake there and there was ice creams inspired by Dole Whip because we couldn't have the Dole Whip. So we, we just tried to pick things that we really liked from around the parks, like the Mickey waffles and stuff and pop them all into one big dessert buffet. That's cool. How was the faux whip? Did it taste as good as the Dole Whip? I don't know if I ate it. I, yeah. I was pretty full. I was pretty interested in the Harvest Grill skillet cake um, and, the, and the Mickey waffles, to be honest. Yeah, we went a bit crazy with our menu and just got all of the Disney food that we, we love from just all over. And um, by the time we got to dessert, Jess in a tight dress and me in my vest, and I don't think we could fit anything else in. I, I'm sure I had some with me, but I was concentrating on the Mickey waffles because, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been looking forward to and I knew they were coming. That's awesome. Do you have any other tips for items that you added to your dinner menu? Basically, like, you, you get sent the menus and you think, oh, okay, I've got to pick one of these or a version of, and we just went, like, again, thank you to your show. You had an episode uh, about, like, different foods you might like to have, and we went with a lot of things like that. Like, we yeah. had the Le Cellier-inspired uh, wild mushroom beef filet with a truffle butter sauce. We had someone actually cook that. We had the chef there cooked on stage. And we had um, just different things that we'd seen around the parks that we'd really enjoyed. We had like a Crystal Palace mac and cheese and um, a chicken fried rice from Tepanito from Epcot. And um, just different things that we tried in places and loved. And we thought this would really represent us because if we had really fancy food and stuff, our guests would be like, that's not you. You guys like burgers. <laughs> I was really excited with the menu because... I'm, I'm quite brutally honest with myself when I go when I go to a wedding I think okay well realistically most people are there for the party afterwards they want to drink they want to dance they want to eat and I thought well what do I do when I've been drinking I go to McDonald's at 4am and have a greasy burger so we went with the build your own burger type thing as well with lots of cheese and cheese fries and all, all the kind of like comfort foods that we love and the chicken nuggets and things like that just to kind of go with well we want you to have a drink and have a dance so have some greasy food as well. That's awesome. Was that served later or was that at the same time as all the other food? It was all in the, a massive buffet, which at first I was a bit worried about, but it actually turned out to be so good. Aww. So it sounds like food was very important and photography. What were some of the other most and least important aspects of your wedding when you were focusing your attention and your budget? Just broadly sort of guest experience was something that was really important to us and so the most important things were things that enhanced that, like we wanted to keep people entertained so like all through our reception we had the dapper dance for the uh, cocktail hour, then we had our entrance and we had dinner served and then we had Mickey and Minnie and then Donald and Goofy and then we were off to the Tower of Terror and then it was just the dancing at the end so a lot of entertainment elements like that. And least important were just anything that didn't really enhance that guest experience. Like uh, we'd been hearing that Walt Disney was a believer in keeping the money in the show. So that's sort of the philosophy we were taking is we weren't as fussed with our napkin folds or um, our linens or anything like that, that we didn't feel like we'd notice or our guests would notice. So yeah, we, we mainly just tried to keep the money in the show. I even, like, as I said earlier, I drove myself to the ceremony because no one's going to see me arrive. It doesn't make any difference. So we just saved on the transport there. 
And, of course, when we get the initial BEO back, it's got the nine hours of minibus hire. And we, yeah, we knew again from your show that we can say, what about a luxury van for this part? And due to being in a backstage area, we did still have to have the minibus chartered for that period. But we got to save two hours of that charter by having a luxury minivan come and pick up our guests and take them to the ceremony. And that, like... It was only two hours, but that was a couple of hundred dollars just saved off our budget just so easily. That's awesome. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Well, for me, I can, the thing I always think of is I was talking to one of our guests and then Hey Mickey started, the DJ put that on and I knew exactly what that meant. And that was Mickey and Minnie's arrival and just seeing everyone's faces. We go through the photos and you can see just pictures of people but you can tell what's happened and that's the characters have arrived and their faces are lit up and they've got their mouths open wide because yeah mickey and many have arrived because that was one thing i don't think anyone did know about because people had picked up little bits because we were so excited and we couldn't help but tell people but that was i think that was one surprise we kept to ourselves my favorite part was probably the tower terror ride nixon because it, well it, it is my favorite ride uh, like ever and just, I, I probably, I, I do want to share this, but it was funny because one of our groomsmen disappeared for a while and I was wondering what he was doing and it turns out he was preparing himself after drinking before getting on the ride because he didn't like it too much. And But just getting to share that and be in the wedding dress and the fact they've got the video on the Tower of Terror now, it's, it just all came together and oh, it, was, it was really magical and just to go back to Ben's one for a second, the guest he was talking to actually works at Disneyland in LA. And I remember my dad going up to him and going, oh, you're going to go talk to Mickey? And he's like, well, I have to, he's my boss. And I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Our day ran really well, really. Um, one of the few things that went wrong was we had the light up the sparkling dance floor and that, that just sort of stopped sparkling at some point during the reception. But Disney had someone out, a technician looking at it immediately, really, and it wasn't something that anyone was really worried about. Like, we'd had our first dance on it, and Jess's dress was all sparkling from it, and, like, it's not something we ever thought of ever again, really. Like, we had to really think about it if anything went wrong, because it, it did go so well. They, they didn't end up being able to fix the dance floor, but they let us know, and no, no one really cared. Like, I mean, it's, we're, we're just dancing on it anyway, but especially by that point. Uh, Goofy lost his hat briefly, but he popped out, fixed himself up and came back and it was so quick that no one even even really noticed. I don't know if we noticed and we were sort of watching a video back and I was like, oh, that's where he went for a second. I think the only other thing that went wrong that I can think of would just be our silliness in that we got the dance, yay, but we picked songs that we had to have and we forgot to give them to uh, Steve, our DJ, who did an awesome job regardless. So we didn't even realise till after we were married that we forgot to include them elsewhere, basically. And um, I just, we, we didn't, any of the songs we wanted weren't in the Dapper Dan's sort of catalogue. So we, we just trusted them and they were great. But I remember pulling up to the ceremony and the bridesmaids were walking down and I leant over to Pamela, the planner, and I said, what is this? And she's like, I don't know. And we were just like, I don't know it's all good. You know, like it didn't matter anyway at that, at that point. So it's not really a gone wrong, but it's just something that I wish we'd just handed the list over. But we were that distracted and happy. It didn't matter. 
That's a good tip, though. Just to take a quick side note, because a lot of people are interested in the light-up dance floor, and you've had the experience of having it partially for your reception and then partially not, Do you? would you say that it's worth it to anybody who's on the fence? I would say yes, and that's because we were budgeting so tight and just really trying to save where we could. And it was it was not a necessity by any stretch, but it was something that, I always wanted and and when it comes to your wedding day like you know what's going to stick out more and what you really want so I got it for the first dance I got it for when Mickey and Minnie were dancing and when Donald and Goofy were dancing it only sort of stopped working probably around the 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 ride mix in for the last hour so by that point everybody's full of food everybody's full of alcohol and, and nobody's paying attention so if you just get it for what you want and for your reasons, then I would I would honestly put the money into it because photo-wise, it came up amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? Music was probably one thing we were really stressing about and we we just racked our brains trying to think of the most special songs and our poor DJ, um, we'd sent him like a list of like, you must play all of these songs. And obviously we come up with our songs for our ceremony and we, yeah, we'd spent so long thinking about it. We were so worried. Oh, what if they play something we don't like? Or, and it really, like it never came up at all. Our DJ was great. And it, yeah, on the day, like it never mattered at all. At one point, one of the songs that we had sent our DJ, he'd, um, he got the right title but the wrong song. Jess just went over and said to him, it's meant to be this one. Easily fixed. He downloaded it. It was played right away. It was played very next song. Like, it was just seamless. Yeah, we were so stressed out about music. We'd been to other weddings and the DJ wasn't taking requests or something like that. Or he's just playing things and you think, why is this playing at a wedding? But <laughs> so, so worried. But no, it was it was just great. It was the, the only drama I ever had uh, with the music in the end was I went up and I said, what does this E mean next to these songs? And he goes, oh, explicit. And I'm like, well, what's the, what's the issue? He's like, well, I just didn't know if you'd want that. I'm like, mate, they all should be like that. Like, let's get the real songs. So, you know, it's probably the only bride screaming along to <laughs> over the clean versions on the dance floor quite loudly. But, you know, that's us. I've never been... One for one for censorship, or, or you know, not being yourself. So probably probably a bit um bogan, as us Australians would say. I don't know what the I get, what's I don't know what's the American term hick. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. Um, uh, yeah, bit trashy, I would say. But like at the same point, that's us. That's that's kind of we're we're, we're lowbrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do say a wedding should reflect you. So yes. <laughs> Um, is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I feel like we researched so much that we really went into it. Like we started the process and we didn't know about this show and we didn't know about the Diz boards or anything like that. So we were flying a little bit blind to begin with and we were just sort of going off the information that Disney gives you. And like the sky can really be the limit, but you've got to know what you're asking for. So we really did so much research. I, I can't think of much that we do differently or add on or take away or just really any aspects that we went, 
just so happy with because we'd been over it and over it. We had so many drafts of our BEO by the end because we, we sort of did the dream um, list to begin with just to see the prices and then we backed off from there and everything. Yeah, we, we just felt so across everything. I, I can't think of anything. I've got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's so good. So do you guys have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms, maybe particularly those coming all the way from Australia? Our main philosophy of, like, keep the money in the show is is probably something that helped us a lot with budget. If, yeah, just ask yourself, does it affect the guest experience? And if the answer is no, then why are you worrying about it? Yeah. I don't know. What did you think? I would say, coming from Australia, a lot of the a lot of the responses we get is, "Oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I had the money." And do you know what? Honestly, it costs less to have what we had at Disney World than it would have to have a wedding here. And I mean by thousands, literally thousands. And and granted, the currency was a tiny bit better at that time. We did start to get it sort of dropping off from parity, but you know, it is attainable. It's not that hard to organize. And you know what? If it's your dream, make your dream come true. That's great advice. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I had been doing a planning journal. I I was doing pretty good at it for about a year and a half. Um, And then I was doing it sort of as as we were going on the wedding trip. So I have one of those in the Diz boards. I probably missed a few days towards the end but i think all the big details are covered there so i've got one of those it's jess and ben's wishes wedding it's got the date 11 18 14 see point backstage prop shop i can send you a link as well and also we have root photography so we're on their blog as well and that's that's probably another tip if you're worried about photos book them relax you're good oh they're the best Those two, two roots of Lejeune, just amazing. Ben picked Lejeune for me. I never even saw what she did. He just I was like, you do my makeup. <laughs> you figure it out. So, oh, my God, the best. That's awesome. Well, Jessica and Ben, thank you so much for being on the show today to share your experience planning your wishes wedding all the way from Australia and how everything turned out. I think it's going to be really helpful for anyone who's interested in planning at Walt Disney World. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us and for your show, for giving us everything we did because we had no idea about any of this stuff until we'd heard you. Oh, I'm so glad I could help. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.